Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. One baby to another says I'm lucky to meet you. I'm talking what you think this is about me. Hey, it's Wiggins America. Good morning to you. If you are concerned about everything going on with the FBI, I've been following this story and some of the people that the FBI is now persecuting. I am not using. I'm using that word intentionally because they're going after people for political purposes and everybody knows it. And one person who, well, I'm not going to say they've gone after him, but they have not done anything for him. He's been attacked. His ministry, his pro-life ministry for women in New York, and he's got several locations with Compass Care, has been firebombed by a group called Jane's Revenge. He's got uh, footage, security footage of this that the FBI has decided not only to not look at or care about at all, but they haven't decided to go after anybody who's committed any crimes against him at all. So we are going to talk to him in the next segment and find out all the details about that because I don't want to get anything wrong. And we've had him on the show a couple months ago when this thing was really starting to break after Roe versus Wade. But he's very, very familiar with this whole process and what the FBI has become. Really want to talk to him. So stick around for that. But right now, we've got the man who knows everything here. The man who knows everything. Hey, man who knows everything. How you doing? Well, thanks for having me. Well, I've got something I think that you don't know. And I'm going to stump you this morning. Uh-oh. That's the way this goes. You think you know everything, but I'm going to stump you. So, here we go. Uh, U.S. national debt now tops $31 trillion for the first time ever. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew it. Of course you did. Of course you did. But that's just because that's been in the headlines. Here's more news about this that maybe you didn't know, and, and you can tell me. So that's $93,000 for every person in the country, and that's not necessarily people of the age who can work. That's every person, every baby, every elderly person who is not able to work, $93,000 per person. Yet... We continue to spend. That has been actually the only thing that this administration has done. They've just spent money. And they talk about things like defund the police, for instance. If that ever comes up at a White House press briefing, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she says, no, actually, Democrats are the party that supports police because we spent more money on them. Because they probably they passed some bill probably in 2021 
that had some random funding for something to do with police somewhere. I think it was actually Capitol Police, if I'm not mistaken. But don't quote me on that. And then they say, but Republicans voted against it. Therefore, they're actually the ones who are trying to defund the police. And everyone laughs, although everybody in the press room goes, oh, she's probably right. Except for Peter Ducey, who's just combing that beautiful, silky hair. So, uh, did you know that? Yes. (laughs) Of course you did. Um, But here's where I thought this got really interesting. So, who owns America's national debt? That's the question, because what always comes up is that China owns all of America's debt, therefore is pulling the puppet strings on America. Here's the problem with that. There is some truth to it that China does own some U.S. debt, but not as much as you think. Here's the facts. Uh, You think about national debt like having a credit card or a mortgage or a payment or whatever. All debt, but owed differently. The U.S. Department of Treasury manages the national debt, which is split between many different factions. Intragovernmental debt accounts for about $6.5 trillion of the debt. So they're owing themselves money. There's $6.5 trillion of the 31. The much bigger piece of the debt is held by the public. Right now, that's about $24 trillion. Okay, so where does that $24 trillion go to? Well, foreign governments are a part of that, as well as banks and private investors, state and local governments, and the Federal Reserve. Here's what the percentages are. Roughly six, and this is, this is what's surprising to me. This is what I want to know, man who knows everything, if you knew this. Only about six to seven trillion of the debt, of that 31 mil, a trillion, is owned by foreign governments. Now, I'm doing math on the top of my head here, so bear with me. If, let's say, China owned 100% of that debt, which they don't, but let's say that they do, that's only about one-sixth of our debt that China would own. Now, let's get a little bit more realistic with it. The fact is that China is no longer even the number one holder of U.S. debt. It's actually Japan now. They're very close. But if you just split it between Japan and China, which it's not, but let's just for ease of math say that that debt is split between those two countries, then actually China only owns about one-twelfth of U.S. debt. And, of course, that's not accurate either. It's actually less than that. So the idea, and we fall into this and I fall into this, that China is behind the scenes pulling the debt strings is not completely true. So who owns most of that? Well, the U.S. Fed does. Now, don't ask me how that works, how they're able to own debt of their own making, essentially. I mean, it's, that's, not, that's, that's a simplification, but that, that's, that's the fact. So I just am saying that because I am trying to move away from this narrative that China is behind the, behind the scenes pulling the puppet strings of how the U.S. operates because it's simply not true. They don't have enough of our debt to do that. And I would... I would say that that's not that doesn't mean they don't try to pull the strings. They're clearly trying to do that. And we can get into a lot of where Joe Biden has gotten money in the past. Um, unfortunately, here we are on a weekend talk radio show in St. Louis talking about this 
when it should be international news. But I'm going to do my part and talk about it anyway. This is stuff that not only comes from the laptop from hell, from Hunter Biden, but it comes from other sources as well, that there's money that's been funneled to the Bidens from Chinese and sometimes they're considered, quote-unquote, private investors. But in China, that is a murky line that the government, you know, it's a, it's a capitalist outward government. It's a very socialist, communist world internally. So if you're a big business in China, <clears throat> you've got some pretty deep ties to the government, or at least the government is in charge of big international things like that. So... What does that mean? It, it, it means that China still is trying to do those things. The things we've always talked about and sleeping with leaders of, of the United States and, and passing money along to uh, many different people, not only in the United States, but in other countries as well. Iceland, Africa, I mean, they're everywhere. They've tried to buy up infrastructure all over the world so that they are in charge, that, they, that they're able to say, well, we did this for you. Now pat us on the back. We pat you. You pat us. So that all actually is happening, but it's not necessarily because of U.S. government debt, or at least they don't have enough power to pull off what they'd really like to do. I'm sharing that with you because I think that's very good news. Man who knows everything. Did you know that? Of course I knew that. Dang, you are good, man. You are good. We'll be right back with more Wiggins America. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. 97.1 FM Talk. Glad to have Jim Harden back on with us. We're catching back up. He's the CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services outside of Rochester, New York, although you've moved around a little bit, haven't you? We have, Ryan. Thanks for having me back on. We've got multiple operations um, in throughout New York State, which is the abortion capital of the globe, unfortunately. Um, but we also have 650 pregnancy centers across the country using our materials and our strategies now. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, an interesting time, an exciting time, probably the most exciting time, in a, and probably the most important cultural moment in 150 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because there's so much uh, to, there's so much hand-wringing going on about some of these things, and you're involved in it. But I love the point of view that you're taking because, man, you guys are under intense fire, intense scrutiny for being pro-life centers in New York right now. We sure are. I mean, there's an, there has been all-out war declared on peaceful pro-life pregnancy centers, and, and we're uh, right in the middle of it. We've got firebombed, I mean literally firebombed, half a million dollars of damage, as you know, and um, we, we were able to reopen. But a couple of days after that, New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill to investigate the victims of the firebombing, pregnancy centers, instead of the arsonists. Uh, and, and you've got Letitia James, New, York, uh, New York's uh, attorney general, uh, writing an open letter to Google demanding that they wipe us off the map so women can't find us. Uh, you know, so they're not interested in women's health. They're not interested in, in, in helping women who are facing unplanned pregnancy, you know, have their needs met. They're interested in making sure that, that they protect their, their pet 
abortion industry. And I think that they're, they're, they're attacking us because we're the only competition. Pregnancy centers, pro-life pregnancy centers are the only competition against the billion-dollar abortion complex, which is facing an existential threat to their own existence right now, given all these, all these states that are you know, creating laws against it, uh, abortion, that is, and uh, they're having to close. They're having to change their business model and move to a hub-and-spoke kind of thing where they're encouraging them to travel to their states to get abortion, like California and New York. In fact, Governor Newsom out of California basically has a billboard campaign, multi-state billboard campaign, uh, encouraging women to travel to, to California to get abortions. And he's using scripture, quoting Jesus in the oh, yeah. book of Mark, saying, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, this is a whole new level of crazy. They're, you know, they're trying to take away First Amendment religious liberty grounds for, for, for why people are pro-life so that they can, they can attack pro-life activity if uh, the pro-abortion Democrats maintain control of the House and the Senate after the midterms. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're saying, you're talking about California and New York. We're talking with Reverend Jim Harden here from Compass Care CEO. Um, I live in Illinois, so we're in St. Louis here, broadcasting in St. Louis, but I actually live on the Illinois side of the river, and we're dealing with the same thing. I don't know that we're dealing with the intensity that maybe you are in New York and, and you're at such a focal point for some of these laws being passed and a couple more things I want to get to here. But as far as I understand it, what's happening in Illinois because of our location being this blue state right in the middle of a lot of red states, that there is such an intense growth of the abortion industry that they're trying to add clinics all throughout southern Illinois, especially which is where we are, because so many people can travel then to Southern Illinois to get abortions. So this is yeah. a big, big issue here too. I, I, the question, one of the reasons I wanted to catch up with you, Jim, though, is that <clears throat> the FBI, and this is a, a, a statement I'm reading from a press release here. It says the FBI canceled their scheduled analysis of Compass Care, your, your ministry there, or whatever you want to call it, your organization, mm -hmm. that, uh, scheduled a, or canceled their, analysis of your security footage, which would have identified characteristics of the multiple perpetrators of these fire bombings. The FBI has decided to now pass on even looking at your security footage? That's right. They, <laughs> look, they are deprioritizing. Federal law enforcement has deprioritized uh, looking into investigations around attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers. And, and, you know, so we, we saw that in the beginning. Uh, we, we knew we, you know, look, it took, it took them five weeks after the firebombing to even look at our video surveillance. And, and, and we aren't even sure they actually did. So now they're, they, they, they scheduled a team from, you know, they got a lot of pressure from, you know, the, the, the press wondering why they're not engaging. And I think they're just, they attempted to feign interest. And, uh, you know, you got, you got uh, assistant, a director retired out of the, of the FBI, Swecky, I think his name was, who, who basically came out saying, look, what's going on right now with the FBI is wrong. They've been politicized and they are deprioritizing these things. There should be a manhunt going on. Over 70 attacks on peaceful pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country and not a single arrest. So we, we, had to, we actually had to file a, a lawsuit to get access to our video surveillance. It is the private property of Compass Care, and they won't even let us see it. Why? Well, the attorney representing the, 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 the investigative group uh, at, in the police department is saying, look, they don't want it to get out who they're looking for or who they're looking at. And 
they're, they're afraid that if it gets out, it would foment violence from the right. Get that. Wow. The violence, the violence is coming from the left. And they're, they actually, he, he characterized pro-life supporters as, and this is a quote, he's characterizing pro-life supporters as um, nut jobs out there with guns and AK-47s bombing and killing people because they have certain political views. They are villainizing us. They are making us look like terrorists. We're pro-life people. We value all life. We, we're, we're the ones, we're the ones that believe that all people are made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb without partiality. And that, for some reason, is a dangerous idea to pro-abortion Democrats. Jim, I am almost getting into a psychological question here, but I got to ask you, you know, you opened this interview by saying that this is an exciting time, but yet all the things we're talking about, man, that's scary stuff. I mean, we, we got, you know, the Gestapo police out here basically encouraging violence against people like you and then saying that they're doing it in the name of discouraging your violence. It's so backward. I mean, it's such a plain lie when it's it's covered, because that's the other thing is that it's you no know, people just aren't covering this. You know, nationally, this is not being covered and it should no. be. And with that, these kind of things, though, how do you say, OK, then this is a great time to be alive? I mean, what is going through your mind that you're like, you know what? Things are moving in the right direction. We're, I think I think the reason why the the, the pro-abortion uh, politicians are colluding with big tech and with federal law enforcement and you know all these things are going on is because we are close. They are pulling out all the stops because they are scared to death that people are going to start drawing connecting the dots between what they're doing and the and the criminal the criminality that's associated directly with the billion dollar abortion complex. And, and, and they, this would blow up everything with respect to the power that they currently broker in this country and throughout the globe. They are scared to death. And Christians, pro-life people, need to keep speaking. We need to keep standing strong on the principles of Scripture because darkness will always bow to the light of Christ. Always, always, always. We will, we, I don't have any question as to whether or not we're going to receive justice because all sins are going to have to be paid for, all of them. And, and, and either we're going to be found in Christ, and he's going to pay for our sins, or, or people are going to be found outside of Christ, and they're going to have to pay for them, their sins themselves, which we hope doesn't have to happen before them. We're, we're, we're praying that they come to Christ and repent. The, the, the James Revenge folks that firebombed us, that, that threaten us with, with death threats, uh, these pro-abortion politicians who are you know, literally hell-bent on, on doing anything in their power to maintain abortion and cover their own tracks. I mean, all this stuff is really—I mean, look, the, someone once said, you don't get shot at. You don't catch the flack unless you're flying over the target. Mm. And I believe that what's happening right now is, is specifically related to the fact that we as Christians and pro-life people are flying directly over the target. And we're close. We're so close. But if now's not the time to let up on the gas. Because when Roe was reversed for the Dobbs case on June 24th, it did not end abortion. It simply shifted the battleground. A whole new theater of battle has opened up. And, and we, we, we have a lot of work to do, but it can be done. Wow, Jim, I, I love it, and I, I just don't know how. I mean, we talk about it on this show pretty often when it comes up, which it has, that I don't really know how to view these things outside of a spiritual lens. It, it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. I mean, of course, it affects politics. It affects all these things, but it it starts spiritually. There, there are dark 
things happening here, and there are good things happening. There are light things happening here, and you're you're right over. Like you said, you guys are right in the thick of it. So we're praying for you, and I encourage anybody listening right now: be praying for Jim and Compass Care. If they want to connect with you and and just support you in in tangible means, how do they do that? Well, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, if somebody's interested in, in supporting or learning more, they can go to Compass Care Community. It's compasscarecommunity.com. Compasscarecommunity.com. Jim, uh, always great to talk to you. And again, blessings to you. And and we hope to hear uh, more good news in the future. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. God bless you. All right. More Wiggins America coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. So here's what's exciting. Not only are we going to do serious questions with Tricia, but Aaron Cox is here. Yeah. Engineer for all the stations here. And that means that we must be having a problem. No? If you see me, it's not usually for a good thing. Exactly. No, this is really scary. What are you doing here on a Saturday morning? <laughs> but the fact that you're here and not working, you, you had enough time to come hang out with us for a good 10 minutes, that's a good thing, right? It is a good thing. For once, I'm not running. Which I is... would think on a Saturday morning you'd be at home having coffee with your family, but it's really super cool for you to be here running these stations. Without a doubt, somebody's got to do it. You guys put in the work. We have to, too. That's darn right. Yeah, it we is. We are putting in the work. So we need to acknowledge that more, <laughs> that what we do is, hard is work, hard work. Look at us go. So this is called Serious Questions, Aaron. Okay. Trisha knows what we're doing here. We, we bring a couple stories. I'm not asking you to bring any stories, but you can respond with us here. So we bring a couple stories in, and these are real stories, but then we ask at the end of them a very, very serious question. And the sounder sounds like this. Serious question. So now you know when that plays, that's when the serious question happens. Okay. Okay. So I'll start, and I'll and I'll, this is a great one to start with because it's all based on a picture. So uh, <laughs> it's about the floodwaters in Florida. There is a fish that got caught in a fence after the floodwaters started to go back down in Florida. This is the picture of the fish. And not only is it a picture, it is a small black and white picture. So even the people I'm showing it to Aww. right now, that is a scary, it, to describe it, it looks like a cross between a carp and an alligator. And an eel. And an eel. Yes. Because it's kind of long and slender. Apparently, these things are real. They, uh, I looked them up. Let me see if I got the bad for that guy. Right? That thing's I, I think dead. I've really seen them in real life. We've we've done some like offshore fishing or whatnot. And, really? I mean, they just kind of meander in the water. Look at you, fishing expert. Don't ask me what they're called. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, a gar. Oh, yeah. G A R. I've heard of a gar. That's what they look like. Uh, apparently, it says wow. it's a bony prehistoric fish that has scales that form a hard hard armor, and they typically inhabit streams, canals, or lakes with sand or mud bottoms. Basically, anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. uh, the serious question after seeing this thing, I don't think they're really a threat to people, but if I were to see that in water around my feet, I would lose all of my, and we're inducting of uh, Aaron into serious questions. We talk about pee and poop a lot. This didn't take long. First right. story. Here I we would, go. I would lose my. Often we get at least two or three in. My my pee and my poop. <laughs> I would lose it. <laughs> so uh, no synonyms. We're just using those. Mm-hmm. They would drop into the water near this gar, and I don't know how it would react. 
My serious question is... Serious question. Will you ever get in water again after seeing that picture? Yeah, I, I intend to take a shower this afternoon. <laughs> not kind of my point. Open water, fresh yeah. water. Oh, open water. Streams, okay. Not will really you get you, into you your own like, bathtub. Well, I not bathe ever again after seeing <laughs> yeah. that photo. I no. don't. Are you ever going to shower again? I didn't, did you know? I know. I thought about it for a minute. Um, yes. No. What's the right answer? There is no right answer. It's an opinion. Can I get in a pool? No. No. You are... You are missing the point of this so entirely that you're embarrassing Aaron right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. Look at his face. He is like, no, this is terrible radio. Thank you for acknowledging that I'm doing great radio, Aaron, though. Aaron, I was just going to acknowledge question, that it was terrible radio as well. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go? Uh, yours, yours. You oh, do I'm, Aaron didn't get to answer the question. Is he going to shower or not? I think he's just here to judge us. I am at this point. I am taking a judgmental p- perspective. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but are you going to shower? No, that's not, the, that's question. not the question. He said no. he goes fishing. Would you get in the water? If you saw one of those, though, if would you get in the water? So a little bit more because you said that it was in Florida after Ian in yep. the fence. Gar are also in Missouri streams. That frightens me. I'm from the Farmington area. I'm going to put myself on a map. A lot of streams down in that region. I see these quite often. You now, do? Yes. Now that you say that that's what it is, your little black and white picture didn't do it justice. But, yeah, when we're when we're going down the Black River uh, if you see a gar, I'm not in. I'm like, oh, next Thank stop. You. Thank you. Let's keep going. I don't need that little alligator pencil thing biting they, me. They, they look like they're not small based on the picture. Like the, they look like they're the size of a Dang. human torso. You're or doing so. what? Four yeah. feet there? Yeah, I'm like, like they can be yeah. up to three feet probably. Mm. Gosh, see that? And I love float trips and stuff. It's been a while since I've been on one, but that kind of stuff gives me pause that I could feasibly see that near me in a Missouri River. I'd be out. I, okay, good. I'm good. Thanks. See that's see okay. that. Are Trisha? you going to get in swimming pools anymore? This <laughs> All is stupid. Day, stupid. Day. <laughs> this is what about hot tubs? <laughs> is there a gar in it? I don't know. <laughs> there's a gar in there. I'm never getting in a swimming pool. See, again. I don't understand the game. All right, you. All right. Trump claims he could beat a Washington Lincoln ticket. Former President Donald Trump is raising eyebrows with this latest claim. Trump said the other day that he would not only have defeated an undead George Washington and Abraham Lincoln in an election, but would have wiped them out in a historic landslide. <laughs> I love this. So, uh, I haven't seen this, but Washington president from 1789 to uh, 1797, Lincoln president 1861 to 1865, not even close to one another historically. Uh, my serious question for you is, could Trump beat zombie Washington and zombie Lincoln, and who would be at the top of the zombie ticket? Serious question. Okay, so he is definitely talking about facing off against both Washington and Lincoln. Yes. One of them vice and one of them president. Yep. At the same time. At the same time. They are one on ticket. a single ticket. I am calling okay. this, because of the the term undead in this story, I'm assuming they are zombies. I don't know which zombie is at the top of the ticket, Washington or Lincoln. So first question, who leads that ticket and could Trump beat it? I think Washington has to lead the ticket. Absolutely. Okay, good. At least we don't can agree on why. that. Just a feeling. Right. Me too. <laughs> but I got if I got questions. Okay. When you talk about undead, are they are they walking around drooling, looking for brains? Yeah, they eat. Or flesh. are they just back to life? Are they still, you know, are you talking about Michael Jordan versus... 
LeBron James in their prime, or are you talking about LeBron James playing him now? That's my question. We can go either way with this. I you're, you're setting the parameters the here. President it's your Trump serious question. was talking about these two in their prime. Okay, That so, is my assumption. Uh, a little bit of background here. Trump explained that, quote, I remember a very famous pollster, very well known, uh, John McLaughlin, came to my office just prior to the plague coming, and he said, Sir, if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came alive from the dead and they formed a president-vice president team, you would beat them by 40%. That's how good our numbers were. So that's Trump's bolstering. So uh, another follow-up, though. Is the electorate aware that these are American icons, or are they just some dudes? They're aware. They're aware that these are historical figures mm-hmm. that they already mm-hmm. love, we mm-hmm. presume. Uh, is your is your serious question, would he actually beat them? Yeah. My first one was, who was at the top of the ticket? Would you guys? Washington. Washington. Okay. And my second is, could he beat them by 40%? Serious question. That's tough. For a lot of reasons. Now his numbers were by forty percent. By forty percent, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a pretty. That's how good his numbers were. Landmark claim. He said. Uh, I'm going to say if if the question is by forty percent, I'm going to go with the odds and say no. No. Okay. Now, would he beat them? Yeah, let's change it. To it that. depends on their policies. Are they running on a constitutional platform? Because I think if they are, they would win. If they're running like far left, if they're now Bernie Sanders liberals, then I think Trump would win. But I don't know why Washington and Lincoln would do that. And I think it's ridiculous that you would even assume that they would. Okay, follow up, follow up, follow up question. Mm, serious question. If they were actual zombies, flesh-eating zombies, yeah. do you think Democrats would vote for them over Trump? Absolutely yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Resounding yes. Yeah, there's no doubt. Zombies over Trump all day. All day, yeah. Any day. yeah, you could I've said before, you could run a tree that's been struck by lightning fifteen times and that would be and, Trump. And walks Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here comes our president. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just yeah. Kidding, guys. No, it's not a joke that he really is here. Yeah. Last one. Uh, we got about ten seconds here, so I'm gonna do this fast. Uh, this scandal, are you guys familiar with the chess scandal? From St. Louis, local boy makes good, local story. No? Is this the size of the chess piece scandal, or is this a different scandal? Completely different. Great. Okay. No, I'm not, then. Okay. So there was a chess tournament in St. Louis. Chess Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen lost in a massive upset to a young chess whiz named Hans Niemann. This happened right here. But? But that's a very, very good transition right there, because this wasn't supposed to happen, and the accusations are that Hans Niemann has been hiding things in his butt. No. Didn't hear that one. Not his pocket? You didn't know that you did that on purpose? No. Oh, see, that's why I'm like, what a transition. <laughs> but no, does this no. kid not have pockets? You, well, they check you. Shoes? They check. No, it's not that they... <laughs> they're checking you for cheating devices. They, they but check they're not going to check, <laughs> check your butt. So he, apparently the accusation is... bra. That's where women sneak things. I guess you could do that now, technically. It's 2022. He was hiding an electrode, this is the claim, in his butt. What's an electrode? A toy. Some sort of... Chief engineer expert, do you know what an electrode is? Something that would vibrate. Ew, like a... Yeah, like a... uh, 
Why? This is not a technical chest- device. Oh, that doesn't, that has nothing to do with engineering. <laughs> Aaron, you know all about these. Explain. Aaron, let's, <laughs> let's Excuse me. It, vibrator, it, it, has a, it has a power switch. Can you explain? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not where is I was headed, but that's fine, too. Uh, so it, they had a remote control, apparently, all claims, of course, that when he was going to make a certain move, and really, there would be too many moves for you to just turn on and off this little thing to buzz. So what they're saying is, He's good enough at chess that when the program would read that whoever from afar was reading that, there oh, there's a move right here, you could really nail him, they'd hit the switch and let him know, eh, hey, watch for that move here because there's a million possibilities, but one of them is that move. That's the claim. That's shady. So it's an indication, a remote indication. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just like the PED stuff. I can't go onto the the field and hit home runs like Mark McGuire or Barry Bonds. But if I took a little bit extra, maybe I could get to 73 home runs. That's kind of the claim here. Like you already have to be excellent. You already have to be good. mm -hmm, I got it. But maybe if you cheat just a little bit, it can push you over the edge. And nobody was expecting this guy to win, and he really shouldn't have. There was like a one in a 100,000 chance that he would make that right move, and he did it. And then he... So people are going, okay, we think. Check his butt. And now, What's going yeah. On here? yeah, yeah. So, serious question. <laughs> wow, how do you bring that conversation up? <laughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me, sir, I'm going to need you to bend over. Would you, yeah. How far have you gone to win something? <laughs> serious question. Period. Have you ever done that? Serious question. Have you ever done what Hans maybe did? <laughs> no. A resounding no. No. <laughs> okay. Good. I, that's what I figured. But you got it. You don't know until you have ask. you. No. I. Is no. that why you're doing such great radio right now? No. No. I. I assumed that all of us would be no. But again, <clears throat> as a professional you're, you're radio on interviewer, your radio game this morning. Yeah. And as a pro, you got to ask because you don't know until you ask. So you guys, we all now know where we stand on chess cheating and those devices in general, which is what I wanted to get to. We will take a break right there. Aaron will never be back after that. <laughs> thank but you so thank much you for, for stopping t- by, Aaron. Something has to be on fire. I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of He's a sudden. so busy. <laughs> Amazing. All right. We'll be right back when we need to end. Before I get into something near and dear to my heart involving politics, something near and dear to my heart has been the Cardinals. Man, is it not fun? I have really dropped off the bandwagon for the Cardinals in the last several years. I don't know if it's because of not having tv because i just do streaming now or that i had kids right about that same time or maybe a, a you know configuration of all of those things coming together i don't know but i haven't watched baseball or sports in general as much as i used to man i was a diehard fan but i guess being here you know 97.1 and, and close down the hall at kmox you're kind of in the in the world of it anyway and there's a <clears throat> there's kind of an office culture here of, of cardinals so you know Getting back into it here at 97.1 has been fun, but it was for the sake of fun. This year, you haven't even tried. I mean, it's you are a Cardinals fan because there is so much to like that you can't you can't miss it. It's you got to pay attention. There's so much happening. I was trying to put together a list here, just as we're closing out the show, in my head of the things this season offered. Obviously, the return of Albert Pujols was the thing in and of itself. The fact that he got to 700, if you recall, at the beginning of the season, most people were saying, yeah, I mean, distant outside chance that he could get there, but he's in the deep twilight of his career, the wintering of his career now. Don't expect it. But hey, if we end up having a narrative there to talk about it, it'd at least be fun. 
let alone the fact that he actually got there. He's got one of the highest OPSs after the All-Star break of anybody in baseball in a Cardinal uniform to close it out. Amazing. That's obviously number one. But number two, you got the last season of Yadier Molina. You got maybe the last season of uh, Adam Wainwright. And both of them involved in a record-setting year with the amount of times that they've been a battery, that they've they've thrown and, and caught to each other. They're now the, the leaders ever for that. That happened this year. Then you got Goldschmidt going for the triple crown, not quite getting there. You got Nolan Arenado also having a potentially MVP season, among other things. I mean, that's the few that I can remember, but I know I'm missing a couple even among those that have just been incredible and now, of course, in the playoffs. And gosh, can you imagine a more romantic thing than these guys going to the World Series? I'm not even going to say win the World Series, just being in it. Being in the playoffs, first of all, is amazing. Coming back and winning the division, it looked like the Brewers were going to be the winners for most of the year, and then the Cardinals coming ahead. I mean, what a what a year. You, they always say, well, you can't write this. I disagree. You can write this. That's what writers do. But that's the point. That's what writers do. This doesn't usually happen in real life, but it is happening. So so I, I mentioned that just because, gosh, it's a lot of fun right now. We got a cold weekend, okay, but we got some baseball, and it's all right here in St. Louis. Let me transition to this before we run out of time. America. That is wonderful news. Now, I'm not going to say this is the most important issue to me, but it is right up there. It is right up there. The federal government, and really all government, but especially the federal government, is too big. A, they spend too much money, and that's all, that is literally all Democrats do is spend money. They have no solutions to anything. Nothing. Ask them what their solution is to any issue. And it will involve spending money. I guarantee it. Whereas, and this is absolute philosophy right here, whereas a conservative slash libertarian minded person in government will say it is my goal, hopefully always, but not always, but usually it is their goal. And this is who the people we vote for to get out of the way, to get the government out of it as much as possible. That doesn't mean with every issue. It just means with most and philosophically. Well, this hits right in the heart right there. Have you heard of Schedule F? Schedule F might be one of the greatest things that a potential Donald Trump presidency 2.0 would bring the United States because Schedule F plans to root out basically all of government at the federal level. It is, it suggests that one of the biggest problems facing the government is the government, that you have to just across the board start cutting and and cut it down as much as you can. Now, this says, and I've seen reports that say otherwise, but I'm looking at one right now from Charlie Kirk and a guy named Russ Vaught, um, that at least 10% of career staffers at the federal level would just be cut immediately. Now, I think that's just based on other reports I've seen, that would be just the beginning because we're talking about you need more than that. You need more than just a 10% cut. Uh, you need to go deep-rooted into some some agencies that wouldn't even exist anymore, and the rest would be chiseled down to the bone. Get them out of the way. The administrative state is part of the problem, and I am talking, too, about the law enforcement, the FBI. Huge problem now. Everybody can see that. It's been a problem for a while, but now we're seeing it. And I guess I'll conclude on a positive note and say the one good thing that has come from all this 
is that we are seeing it. There's more, you know, we're seeing the, the tip of the iceberg and there's more below it, but at least we have an understanding that now we can see the tip of the iceberg because this stuff was always done in the dark of night. More and more and more, we're seeing it happen. So, hey, let's celebrate wins. I do think that would be a big one, but of course, we got the midterms ahead still to look to. This is Wiggins America. Get the podcast by typing Wiggins America wherever you Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.